It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Suns, pretty Locked On Podcast Network. Today's I was your host, Evan Sedder. I'm joined by co host, Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at eSedding. Follow Brendan on Twitter at BrendanClean14. This is for our Locked On Suns page on our at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support over there is very much appreciated, as always. And we're joining you guys right after the final buzzer here, the Phoenix Suns Golden State Warriors game. Another stunning result, in my opinion. I know, Brendan, you were talking about, as far as a couple episodes ago, this might have been one of the better games the Suns had a chance to win. But now the Suns are 3-2 and two on the season through five games. 121-110 to was the final score tonight over the Warriors. But before we get into that, I also just want to mention for the fans out there, this is a the Suns were up by one point by 34 points. This is a thoroughly impressive win. They almost got, got away from it at the end there, Brennan. But to start off like that in Oakland, or excuse me, in San Francisco now, it's just super impressive to me, even with the injuries that the Warriors have. It is, and I think that has to be part of the the discussion here. Like, it, it just has to be put into perspective because I think we we can really quickly alter expectations for this team. And obviously, I, I really think the the only bad part here is uh, letting up on the lead in the way that they did. But yes, Golden State is a weakened opponent, and we know all the the struggles that they're having. We'll get into the injury to Steph Curry and all that stuff, but. Um, even though I thought this was a winnable game, we just have to put into perspective how impressive it is to be as competitive and, in this case, dominant as the Suns have been when we were wondering if they would even hit the over. I mean, I think we both thought they would, but 29.5 over-under for them felt pretty pretty reasonable and, and how quickly expectations can change. So, yeah, winning by only 11 when you're leading by over 30, isn't great and and it is just the Warriors who have really struggled but uh, every win still needs to be taken I think with with that understanding and and they should be proud of where they are right now yeah I would certainly agree with you there and I wouldn't have guessed that Suns would be three and two at the first five games in the schedule they had it's certainly a tough schedule in the first 10 games of the year but once again the Suns pull off a double digit win in San Francisco over the Warriors tonight 121 to 110 but as far as our free throws go, Brian, I'm going to give you the four here first. So you want to start off the show with as far as our successful players or notes you want to hit on? I'll start off with a, a positive from a player perspective here, and that's going to be 
Aaron Baines, who I think was uh, the story of the game, in my opinion, in a number of ways. Uh, I'll start with the positives because that's what we usually stick to here with these free throws. Uh, A near triple-double for this guy, 24 points, 12 rebounds, including four on the offensive glass, seven assists, and three blocks. Uh, Another game where one of the first buckets of the contest for the Suns was a Baines three. Uh, Took a bunch of them, only made two, but just was incredibly impactful. Um, You know, I think one of the the types of guys in the NBA who can counter Draymond Green uh, when the Warriors go small. Now that lineup looks a lot different when it's not Iguodala and Durant, but even nevertheless, Draymond Green has had a good start to the year and Baines was a nice response, able to set the tone and played uh, more minutes, I think, even than I was expecting. I thought the Suns might have to counter and go a little smaller, and that was not an issue as the starters really pounded that early lead out, and Baines was uh, Baines was one of the main reasons, kind of surprised me and put up. Uh, Eddie Johnson said in the broadcast, this might have been the best game of his career. I haven't watched every hair in Baines game, but you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than this. Yeah, 24 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 blocks, plus 13, the plus minus. Let's just talk real quick about Baines and his floor-stretching capabilities now. I know we saw it, and we talked about in the summer during the FIBA World Cup for when he was doing well for Australia, but the way that he's shooting the ball from 3, 2 of 8, it's not good percentage-wise, but he's been near 45 50% three-point shooter through a small sample size so far this year. Shooting half of his shots from three now. I just think that the development of Aaron Baines, who, if you guys remember who Baines was back in his Detroit San Antonio days, he was a guy who was just a guy, a bruiser near the rim and never really stretched the floor at all. But I think the development in Baines' game and Monty Williams allowing him to really shoot anytime he wants from a three, I think just shows the confidence that Williams has in Baines and that development that Baines made in his game. Yeah, and you see too that, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I should take a step back and agree with you because it is incredible. There's not a lot of players who can do this, who can overhaul their offensive style to the degree that Baines already has. Uh, You know, it's, it's not quite the Brooke Lopez level, but I think a a guy that gets overlooked when we talk about the, the revolution for big men that, that have really just completely overhauled how they play on offense to take their game to the perimeter uh, and it's been even more, like you noticed or noted, it's been even more uh, threes this year as a percentage of his total shots. So a big improvement. And what I was going to say a moment ago is it shows, too, in the passing because that's been something that's really stood out to me. I think part of it is the system. Part of it is Monty wanting to play through those bigs. But I think the fact that the floor is spread and he's making those passes to cutters, he's out on the perimeter finding those cutters, uh, creating those handoff situations and uh, two-man game situations, just simplifying things down because he is operating in more space. And a lot of that is because of his own ability to space the floor. Yeah, it really is just incredible development that Baines made his game and Obviously, one of the big winners from tonight's game with the styling he put together. And I would agree with Eddie Johnson there. I think this is by far the best game of Aaron Baines' crew if you look at the all-around statistics he put up tonight. But my first free throw is actually not going to be Devin Booker. We're going to hail him, of course, in just a second. He had 31 points tonight. But Dario Saric, Brand is really finding his footing in Phoenix right now. 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, career high in steals, season high in assists for Saric. I feel like Monty Williams is now utilizing Sarge in a role that we were talking about this offseason as far as maybe more of a playmaking role. And that's one that Sarge, I think, is really confident in. He was 7-15 tonight from the field as well, very efficient. 
two of five from three. This feels like the addition we're seeing more and more. We were talking about what kind of starts we were going to see Philadelphia version, the one that had a lot of promise or Minnesota who was very inconsistent. I think the last two games have showed us that this might be the Philadelphia version of Sarge again, just the way that he's gaining confidence right now. Yeah, it's another example to me of exactly kind of the the progress we've seen from Baines as a playmaker, and we've noted the same thing with Kaminsky. I think all of the bigs on this roster are benefiting from the way this team is playing on offense. The fact that the floor is spaced, the the fact that the ball is is really pinging around no matter who has it, and and most notably, I think, the fact that this wing rotation is is cutting like very few in basketball. That's been one of my main takeaways. I wrote about it as it pertained to Kelly Oubre, but I think the the same goes for everybody. I you know we saw Cam Johnson get twelve points today, moving without the ball. Mikhail Bridges has done a good job of it, and I think the big men are benefiting. And Booker, honestly, for that matter, has been incredible moving without the ball too. And the big men are the ones racking up those assists. I think a lot of Rubio's assists have come in transition and in pick and roll and everything, but Sharich and Baines and Kaminsky and, and Aiton for the one game, a lot of that was as a result of the team moving around them. And it's, it's a fun way to, it's a fun style to watch to invert the court like that. And I think these guys are just starting to get a, a feel for it. And I noted in breaking down some of the, the last game, the Utah game that I was waiting for a breakout type of night from Sharich, especially as a playmaker, and we saw that tonight. Yeah, certainly a great game from Sarich. And if he keeps this up moving forward, especially I really actually like the the combo so far. What do you think, Brent, of the Baines and Sarich starting combination? It's been good. I don't like as much the Kaminsky Sharich thing. I think that's just a recipe. I think we're just gonna see a game eventually where those guys get get just sliced up defensively because even though he did have five steals today Sharich is still uh, just not a guy really able to move his feet you notice it at least a couple times a game where athletic guys can just kind of take advantage of him the Warriors don't really have much of that so it wasn't an issue hasn't really been an issue so far but uh, I like the Sharich Baines one the the other one not so much but uh, what is your second free throw we are we're we're exuding too much praise for this team we're already running long on this one Oh, I know, right? It's, it's just incredible to say with the way that this team's played the first five games and arguably the most improved team in the NBA this year, just at least through this small sample size. But for my second free throw, it's going to be Devin Booker. 31 points, 10 of 21 from the field, 6 of 10 from three. Once again, Booker has not had seven threes in a game. I know some on Suns Twitter have been wondering that they would ever come because he keeps hitting six threes and just not hitting any afterwards. I think he's but just trolling it, us at this point. I think he I knows. Know, yeah. He must just know, and he's like, yeah, this is for Twitter. <laughs> Plus, plus 20 as well in the plus-minus category, which is second behind Dario Sarge, who was plus 24, five assists. He only had three turnovers as well. Just a very efficient game from Booker, and I think this is the one game where this is the first one that really popped out to me. I know the Clippers game was, was one as well, where he kind of put the team on his back in the fourth quarter there. But I think overall with this game, you, you saw off-ball Booker a lot, and I think this kind of showed this kind of game that if Booker's off the ball more often, these are types of nights you're going to keep getting from him as far as efficiency goes and just the attacking style from him. Yeah, it's uh, another night. Uh, I, I really like to see the, the three-point shooting come alive for him today. Uh, definitely the best shooting night of his season so far. Um, and, you know, just continues to kind of feel out the the boundaries of his role on this team. You know, Ubre didn't take quite as many shots. We saw the bigs take a little more, but... Booker right in that 20 attempt range. I think that is 
the volume that I hope to see from him going forward and to, to see that paired with five assists, even with a lot of the other guys handling the ball so much, you know, four guys in the starting lineup had more than five assists, but Booker's still able to find those opportunities as well. So I think some of that's the rotation, giving him opportunities to run the offense. Some of that is just him uh, embedding himself in that identity of ball movement. My last free throw, because we are trying to mix some just takes in with this segment this this year, although of course we decide to do that and then they give us seven positives a night all of a sudden. But uh, my my last one is uh, not even hot anymore because we should not move out of the first segment without noting what I was alluding to a moment ago with Aaron Baines. Uh, fell onto Steph Curry in a charge drawing attempt. Fell onto to Steph's left hand. Reports came out before the game was even over that Steph is... Uh, early indications are that he broke a small bone in his left hand and they're deciding whether to go forward with surgery or a cast during the day tomorrow. That last bit coming from Kareth Burke, who I think is on TV for the Warriors and a a bunch of reports from other people just about kind of the the plan here. So a negative there, but my take was going to be, my second free throw was going to be that I don't think the Warriors are going to be making the playoffs, but that doesn't even seem like a take anymore. If they don't have their two-time MVP, and they already were operating without Clay Thompson, I, I think that it's pretty easy to say this team will be near the bottom of the league. I think it's written in the stars at this point that LaMelo Ball is the next Splash Brother, right? I am. I would love to see that. I'm, I'm ready for that guy no matter where he lands. But yeah, I mean, the Warriors in general, like, uh, not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, you hope that Steph doesn't have any lingering effects. That doesn't seem like too scary of an injury. It's a little bit of an excuse for them to really take the chance to reset here and uh, maybe they add another great young player to this mix and, and come back next year. But the injury's a, a crusher, but with the way they were playing, especially on defense, it looked like an uphill battle to make the postseason anyway. Maybe this is a little bit uh, of a diamond in the rough type of opportunity for them. Yeah. The way that Curry was hurt, he driven on a layup attempt against Aaron Baines. Baines was trying to draw the charge there and Curry's wrist slid underneath Baines. He was falling and Baines landed right on his hand. I'm there, surprised it wasn't led worse. To the honestly, hand. it looked really bad on the replay. Yeah, it, it certainly looked really bad. I think I thought it would be a lot worse than what was announced to broken hand. He's going to be out for a long period of time, of course, for the Warriors. But I think this, this is a, I know small sample size alert, of course, is five games. It's under three and two, but that, Curry injury could mean something for the Suns later down the road if they really are a contender and want to stay in playoff contention as far as the eight seed goes. Because every win in this Western Conference this year counts, and this is certainly a good win from t- them tonight, 121 to 110 over the Warriors. But before we go on to our next segment, we'll tell everybody about our sponsor today's show, which is Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now at $30 or for total purse at $399 or more at Indochino.com and answering the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting 
shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, Brent, let's go on to our negatives of this game. I'll, I'll throw it your way first. Negative for me, I think, is going to be just that stretch at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they almost gave up the lead. Um, got down to as few as I think was 12 the lowest the lead was in that quarter. I believe so, yes. And just a... a a loss of focus, you know, you kind of, you, you, we were texting a bit after the game ended. Um, you know, you said that they got too comfortable. I think I agree with you. Just didn't see that same level of energy that not only helped them get the lead in this game, but really has characterized their performance across the first now five games of the year uh, just wasn't there. And that's uh, something to learn from, especially on a night when you end up winning. Uh, it's an, It's a lot easier to learn from those things. When you end up keeping that lead, would have been a lot worse if they let it up. But at the same time, uh, just not the way. We've seen them already several times this year struggle to close games. Really, that Clippers game, the only one that they've successfully closed with Booker kind of going off in the fourth quarter. So just seeing them slip up a little bit from an intensity standpoint, and especially from a defensive standpoint, uh, was was rough to see. That That's, I think, the the clear biggest minus for this team tonight. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I don't think there's really many negatives from this game, again, in the Suns' victory. I was going to go with a guy like Frank Kaminsky, but you just look at his box score. I knew he was 0 of 6, but he went to the free throw run six times. He was plus 5, even though he had zero shots made. I feel like that's just an unfair thing to do to Kaminsky in a, in a game like this. So I'm going to agree with you. I just think the defensive intensity, and you look at the steals, they, they finished with 10. They had 9 at halftime, though, so just the aggressiveness overall on defense kind of weighing in the second half. And I guess, Brennan, I guess I guess it's so foreign of a feeling to the Suns, I guess, you could probably get a little comfortable yourself. You're up by 35 points at one point against the the four-time finals appearance guys. It's, it's incredible. They even though the, the Warriors roster is so different, that the Suns still did that. Yeah, for a moment, we I I kind of jokingly asked you if we wanted to record early. Uh, listeners will know that we do that sometimes when the Suns are getting blown out. We really have never done that because the Suns are uh, blowing another team out. That was a foreign feeling. Oh, it, it certainly was, and I think. If you want to look ahead to the Suns' schedule here, I know the first 10 games are very tough, but I mean, for the first five games, Brennan, just what, even four of them have DeAndre, and remember that, listeners out there, I know Aiden still has 21 more, more games to go into suspension, anything can happen over yeah, that Yeah, he might be frame, the flagrant foul tonight. Yeah, really. <laughs> it, just, if you think about this, that's a good point, just because if Baines puts up 24 points and 12 rebounds and 7 assists, I mean, I wonder what Aiden's going to do in Monty's system once he's more comfortable. Uh... I, I, I wonder because, you know, it's it's something we'll have plenty of time to talk about, but especially on a night like tonight when Baines performs at the level he did. I think, like I tweeted out that I think that the Suns starting lineup is better with Baines and Aiton. I stand by that for sure. Uh, and I would even go a step further. Like the version of, I was so excited to see games 2 through 82 of, of DeAndre Ayton. We've already discussed plenty how much uh, of a of a step back it'll be to not have him around. Of course, fans have probably thought a lot about that. But the version of Aiton we saw last season as a rookie, 
Uh, Aaron Baines is better than that player flat out. It doesn't matter who's in the starting lineup or who's not. Aaron Baines is a better player than that guy right now. Aaron Baines is a guy who started on playoff teams, constantly been uh, an advanced stats kind of darling, a guy who can now space the floor. Passing is coming along. He's a great defender. He's better than DeAndre Ayton. So we talked about, uh, at least that's my opinion. I mean, if you disagree, I'd love to kind of talk about it. But we talked about what would happen, the the trickle down of of Ayton missing time. And I still think it's those minutes without Aaron Baines on the floor where, like you said, Frank Kaminsky, uh, really a couple games now in a row where he hasn't looked like his early season self. And uh, especially when Dario was was not playing well, it's it, it's a hole there. But Baines himself is fine, so uh, it's it's um, and it's an interesting thing to think about where having that floor spacing element and having that consistent defense really are a difference maker. The only other flagrant foul I'd throw out, I want to hear your eight and answer too, and kind of what you thought if you saw me tweet that or what you think of it now. But the only other flagrant foul I will throw out is Kelly Oubre. I thought he wasn't quite as aggressive and impactful, no steals for him, uh, didn't get to the line at all. Just not, I think he was a culprit there of kind of what you're saying of the second half, the intensity not quite being where we are used to it. Yeah, as far as on your Aiden point there, I, I think it's a close call for me right now just because I think Aiden's potential and this what we saw in game one, if that's the Aiden that we see for most of the year, I know four blocks per game is pretty unrealistic, of course, but some along those lines of Aiden, I do think he's a better player than Baines right now just because if that's the kind of player, I know it's a very small sample size, of course, one game. But if the improvements are there, if Mark Bryan and Monty Williams have really improved the development of DeAndre, and then I'd take him over Baines right now. But I think on the topic of Baines for a second, before we go into our final semi here, Brennan, I think this is a player now. I, I know the Suns probably want to keep him around maybe for another year or two and re-sign him because I think he's the best backup center in the NBA. But I think if he shoots like this from three, like near 38, 39, 40% for three the whole year, plays defense like this, he's going to be a starting NBA center next year. He will, and I think the fact that now he's he's demonstrating to teams around the NBA that he can space the floor consistently and that he can put up a high volume of threes, that's uh, just another element of his game that, that makes him worthy of that type of spot. I mean, especially with just how accepting of, of a role he is and how important of a voice he's become right away for this team off the court and how he's been so important around the NBA and his three stops prior I just think he's a guy that will be in high demand um, just keeps kind of padding that reputation that he's already gained here people should go read uh, Gina Mizell wrote about his leadership and a bunch of the other guys on this team's leadership uh, for the athletic today I thought that did a good job of explaining getting into what he's done off the court too so uh, we're, we're supposed to get negative in this segment but it is a little tough on a night like this uh, we will close out, though, as we always do, with some numbers to watch. I think I have two or three, honestly. Um, but before we do that, a reminder, wherever you're listening to our show, uh, keeping up with the Suns on a daily basis, Monday through Friday with us, uh, hit the subscribe button. Keep up with everything we're doing. Stay in touch with us. Um, as Evan said at the top of the show, that's at Locked on PHX Suns. But the, the best way, really is to subscribe so that you get every episode fresh to your feed the moment we hit our publish button and you are up to date with everything you need to know about the Suns. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right. I will go forward here with my first stat to watch. Um, and like I said, I have a few. I think there's a lot of encouraging numbers here, too, below the surface in this one. The one that jumped out to my eye first, another hot shooting night for the Suns. Uh, and another not-hot shooting night for the opposing team. That's been a pattern so far this year. 15 of 36 for Phoenix, that's 42%. Just 8 of 28 for Golden State, that's 29%. I mean, you win that battle, you're going to win a lot of games. You're going to win most games if you can put up a lot of threes and make a lot of threes. Um, But it's been so interesting to see the other team struggle from deep so consistently, and I'm curious whether it's something that the Suns are doing or if it's just good luck? I think some of it's a little bit of both on the defensive end. Just I think it's shooting luck, of course, but we know this, I think, earlier this week on the podcast, just the difference in the effort on closeouts this year is very noticeable. If you if you know what that is, just running towards the guy and just putting a hand up and getting in his face beforehand. So many wide-open threes the last three or four years for the Phoenix Suns. I think they're the, probably the league leaders in that. That's a statistic they keep track of nowadays. But this year with Monty Williams, you never really see a wide-open three allowed, and that's just a, a subtle change, I think, that just falls a little under the radar. Helps when Steph front rims like two of them. True. Yeah, very true. <laughs> what is your number here? I think for me it's going to be the assist again, and it's 34 assists, which is just a gaudy number for where we were in the past with this team, around 17 to 20 assists the last two or three years per game. 34 for the team. Then you put in the turnovers, which is at 16. Once again, just the assist turnover ratio is huge there, and the total made field goal is 34 assists on 44 made field goals. This .5 system, Brennan, five players tonight had at least four assists. Javon Carter, and you had Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Aaron Bain, Dario Saric. This system that Monty Williams is implementing, I know we talked about a lot last year of what Yuri Kokoschka wanted to do with his ball movement kind of system, but the players with Monty Williams and just this kind of .5 kind of style is working for this team, and they're certainly bought into it. it, it yeah, I think that the, the ball movement has... It's it's I think you could even say like offensively, it's probably been the single most important factor. And that's good because it's, I think, the most preached concept of anything that the the sons have tried to do above all else. I think they have tried to and it's more complicated, obviously, like as we both watch these games, it's it's more complicated than just moving the ball like. Uh, it, the assists don't just come because you're passing. You have to be passing with the purpose. Guys have to be cutting. Uh, you have to have shooters that can actually knock down shots. And you have to have smart players that know where to go with the ball. It's not just a matter of um, kind of aimless passing. So all those things coalescing, I think, has helped them uh, not only beef up those assist numbers, which we did see from time to time under Igor Kokoshkov, but limit the turnovers and that's been the huge thing for me my other number was the foul 
the foul total, which this was a team who heading into tonight was allowing the most free throws per field goal attempt. That's like free throw rate. It's just kind of an advanced stats and way to, to measure basically what percentage of the team's shots are, are from the line. They were worst by that category, probably not helped by Rudy Gobert getting eight in the fourth quarter the other night. Uh, and they only fouled the Warriors 22 times today. Warriors did get 36 free throw attempts, but uh, I think just in general, cutting back on those fouls a little bit, you can't control how many of them are shooting and not shooting. Like that's a different battle for a different time. But I think just in general, uh, playing a little bit more in control. And I can't help but wonder if that's a little bit of a byproduct of the lack of intensity we were talking about. And I think they'll have to continue to find the balance there of, okay, well, we 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 have the identity of playing that physical, tough brand of defense. But when when we do that, we tend to foul too much. So uh, they'll have to figure that out on the fly, but just an interesting thing to keep track of as we make our way through the year. I just went through NBA stats. They haven't updated yet, but I just did some manual, just put punch in my calculator real quick where they land as far as assists per game on my last play. And the Suns are ranked second in the NBA right now in assists per game, which compared to years past when they were 28, 29, 30th, somewhere around the bottom third, bottom five in the league. That's just it just goes to show you just the incredible turnaround this team's had in Armani Williams and it's the way that the players are working in this system. It's uh, it's incredible to see and uh, just continuing like my last point here too is is how impressive it's not really a number but it's it's just how uh, impressive it's been. Devin Booker was asked like is it a a next man up philosophy? I think it was Booker uh, and and the answer was it's a it's a next team up type of mentality uh just how much kind of change there's already been this year and the different rotations and lineups that we've seen night to night so far and the fact that guys are able to continue to step up Javon Carter who's been such a revelation Frank Kaminsky you could say the same about him both of those guys uh took a little bit of a step back today and then you see Cam Johnson Aaron Baines Dario Sharge kind of step right into their place so uh a night where I think the system and the 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 star power of Devin Booker and the, the coaching strength of Monty Williams really showed through, and I think that's a good sign going forward that even if the guys that we, we thought we could count on don't really do what we think they're going to do, they can still win games. Let me ask you this, Brian. I know it's a five-game sample size, of course. The Suns are 3-2, and two, and I know Suns fans should be very excited about that. I think many national writers are going to start getting more attention on this team as they really turn around a dumpster fire that were the last couple of years. But if they keep up this effort the next six weeks and DeAndre and returns and plays like he did in game one, is this team a playoff contender? Playoff contender? Sure. Because I think, you know, they've already gotten off to a strong start. Some teams haven't done that. And so much of what they're doing, I think, is somewhat sustainable just by playing smarter basketball. So I'll say, yeah, I, I think they're in, in that range, but I picked them to win 35 games, and depending on how the West shapes up, I already kind of thought they'd be lurking there. So uh, I, I think, obviously, I'm more optimistic now than I even was preseason, but I'm not I'm not locking them into a, a sure, like, 500 or above type of thing yet, but I do think that they are going to be in the mix here, and, and they've shown that, you know, they are going to be more competitive in the games that I would have written off completely. And I think that's, to me, the biggest sign for optimism, that they can go into Denver or host the Clippers and host the Jazz and actually 
have a chance to win those games because when we went through the calendar, you're like, okay, lost to lost to the Lakers, lost to the Clippers, lost to the Sixers. That's upcoming in about five days here. I don't think you can do that anymore with with those teams. And I think that's if you're looking for a sign of optimism, I think that night to night competitiveness is going to give them a shot to do uh, anything this year. I mean, you know, they're not going to win sixty games, but could they exceed expectations even of what I had? Maybe. For the month of October, the Phoenix Suns are above 503-2, and if there is a coach of the month and a leader for coach of the year right now, it is certainly Monty Williams the way that this team is playing. And it just goes to show you, I think, just the way that Monty Williams has really integrated himself into this Phoenix franchise and the way that the players have really not – I mean, they've really bought in almost immediately when Monty Williams was hired. If you were, We talked about when he was first hired as press car, and just the way that he's able to control the room and – really have players buy in immediately into the system. It just goes to show you that he's a very improved coach and a lot better than what we saw, of course, in New Orleans. So the Suns with him on a five-year deal and just through month one so far in the regular season, it looks like it's paying off. It is, and and I don't know if they give one out for October, but I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he got it. Yeah, we'll have to see. I'll look that up after we get off the air here if there is one. But if there is one, Monty Williams definitely deserves it. But the Phoenix Suns win tonight 121 to 110 over the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco at the new Chase Center. They have, I think the Phoenix Suns are, again, uh, want to be one of the more fun teams to watch this year for just not only from a Phoenix perspective, from a national perspective, because I think they might be one of the most improved teams in the NBA this year. But for me, Evan Sidery, Burning Clean, my co host, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for next episode. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.